Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this episode of Performance Anxiety, we talk to Drunken Prayer's Morgan Gear. We learn about his new album. It has an ape man in Bluemont, and when is it bow time? Follow Drunken Prayer on social media. Follow us, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Buy things at www.performanceanx.threadless.com. Enjoy Drunken Prayer. Do you want me to start with like a hi, this is, or just I? Okay. I'm Morgan Gear. Drunken prayer, and I'm high on performance anxiety. Love it. <laughs> I think maybe that's good. I think, I think that's enough. I got some expensive earbuds that don't work for damn. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got these uh, cheap ones that actually work pretty darn good so far. So. Now these these are really? like well, mid-range, mid-range, so. Well, my, my wife took my good headphones because she's interviewing somebody completely <laughs> different tonight <laughs> on my little Zoom recorder. Oh, I'm man. I'm like, sure, you can take those. It's like, ah, oh, man, I like, I like to be able to hear it because anyway, no yeah. big deal. Yeah, it just keeps the outside noise out and helps keep you focused a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind of like there's, there's kind of a um, tunnel vision that goes along with it. But yeah, yeah. No harm. So your wife, uh, does she do a lot of interviews? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> she works for <laughs> she works for a, um, a natural products brokerage, um, and is is kind of like in charge of their sales team. Ah, okay. And so every once in a while, she'll be in charge of she'll do videos. She's a kind of a gifted photographer. Oh, nice. So she's uh, she'll do their videos and the photography. And this time it came with an interview, so I gave her a quick. You know those little Zoom handheld? Yeah, love them. But it's it's got a, a a minor learning curve on it. Mainly, it's the the interface is kind of like janky. I thought about getting one. Uh, so if if artists come into town, I can bring it instead of trying to you know bring my whole setup here. Cause right now, I've got the phone plugged into a soundboard that goes into my laptop and a headphone amp, and it's just it's this whole big setup. And I can't really take that if I'm going to go talk to somebody on location. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's, it's the it's the exact same kind of issues you go through when doing, doing any home recording. Like what's being recorded, it, does, it doesn't doesn't matter. I do the same thing because I do. I had this one record, The House of Morgan, that was done almost entirely from my desk. Oh wow! And it was and it was all just like this. And I, I I'm not really I'm not an engineer, so it's this crazy like just like snake nest of redundancy. Yep. <laughs> you know? I'm the same way. I just kind of fell into this, and uh, it 
I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, this thing thing's got like 150 knobs on it, and I don't know what any all but like four of them do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like thankfully all you need is one, two voices to come out and keep exactly. it out of the red. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and I almost screwed that up just a few minutes ago because I was uh, deleting some test file that I had from a long time ago when I when I first started using the software that I'm using, and I'm calling you, and I noticed uh, my gain. My, the fader gain on my uh, input here on the software was like way up in the red. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> I'm glad I caught that because otherwise, yeah, it's easy. You you wouldn't know it until you got back to it. You're like, what the fuck is this? I did, I did. Oh my gosh! I'll tell you a funny story real fast. Um, I was when I first started doing. I do like I was telling you this this morning. I do uh, another podcast. It's a sports show, and uh, yeah. I started, we started with a DC, a local DC show. Just, it was just me, my buddy, Mike, and a couple other guys. Uh, a guy who used to play for the Redskins, uh, was a co-host and we would do a weekly show about DC sports and the, uh, local ESPN affiliate picked it up. So I had to kind of learn real fast on the fly because nobody else wanted to figure They all wanted to do the show, but nobody uh-huh. wanted to figure out how everything worked. How so, to do the show. Exactly. Right. So we got all the equipment from the, from, we borrowed equipment from this guy and, um, we were using my friend's computer to record it. So he, uh-huh. he had this, um, this other software that he was using. Well, he left the show and when, well, see, all right. So ESPN, the ESPN affiliate got sold. Our podcast got dropped and, well, we started doing another one with two friends out in LA and it was more of a, it was more comedy and sports than, actual sports. So uh-huh. after I'd, I'd say eight months or so, my friend got too busy at work and he couldn't do that anymore. So it just kind of became the three of us, me and my two buddies out in LA. And so uh-huh. I had to find software to, to, to work this. So I, I started using this software, but I also started doing the podcast that I'm doing with you right now at around the same mm-hmm. time. And the first I recorded like two or three real, real fast in a row before I had a chance to edit anything. And I realized after, when I went and listened back that apparently there's a noise gate on there that's built in. And anytime any me or the person I was talking to would step back from the mic a little bit, it just clipped it right off. Yeah. Oh my god. I had I had Steve Turner from Mud Honey on. I had oh, uh, <laughs> I had uh, Robert Roth from the band Truly. He he yeah. played he played with Nirvana for for a little bit, uh just kind of uh-huh. jammed with him and I had um uh, who? Oh, uh, Kelly Scott from Failure, and oh, uh, really? yeah, and a buddy of mine named Jordan. Jordan, uh, he is Ben Blinker the star, and they were on oh. together because they're good friends. So uh-huh. those three I recorded like back to back to back, and every single one of them went from like an hour long show to like forty thirty to forty minutes because I had to edit it so much because everything got clipped so badly. Oh man, that's but, you know, it's it's one thing doing what you do, like. Doing that when I when I'm when I'm working purely with, with with music is completely different than an interview thing because you're getting out information. For me, it's funny because my first reaction was like, "Oh, cool! You you, you, <laughs> you have some boundaries to work with." It's like, "Oh, great! That's great!" I, I kind of look for ghosts in the machine sometimes, but yeah. and I was like, "Oh no! He there might have been some information in there that could have been used." Yeah, you know. And I can't, I can't call him back and say, hey, remember that interview we did last week? Can we redo it? Because I, I screwed right. everything up. Yeah. It's, I mean, unless they're, they're a buddy of yours, I could yeah. see it being kind of like, ah, well, 
Yeah. Well, it's funny, oh, it's funny because I actually did that, the second one. I'll, I'll spill a little more, few more beans here. The, I, <laughs> when I did <laughs> the second one, I did with Robert Roth. Um, uh-huh. I started talking to him, and we got like ten minutes in, and I realized I had never hit the record button. Oh, oh shit. which has got to be like probably one the most common mistake. Yeah. <laughs> the most embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did. I, 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 I had to stop a mid sentence. I'm like, Robert, Hey, um, I don't know. My, so, something's wrong with the software. It just, it just oh, closed down. It just, right. it just shut down on me. I don't know what's going on. He's like, Oh, okay. He's like, he's like, all right, well, that's good. That'll give me a few more. That'll, let's do it in like, uh, like two or three days. Call me back next week and we'll, we'll redo it. He's like, that'll give me more time to think of some more stories for you. Perfect. Oh, okay. so we're, well, the nice thing about these days is, you can blame it on software. And in a way, you're not wrong. No, exactly. Software it wasn't working. was not working. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it wasn't exactly. Because I got flustered early and forgot to hit this, the one button Perfect. I had to hit. Well, that's funny as hell. Uh, well, we'll, well, we'll know if... If this one goes tits up, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> I'll be able, yeah, you, I might be able to call back and like, hey, can we redo a, a part of Absolutely this? Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, you can. I love it. Oh, man. So, so those, that, that's part of what this show is about. Just weird shit that happens while you're out playing music, whether it's in the studio yeah. or, or live. I'd really do appreciate you coming on. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Oh, good. Why? Because uh, I heard the music. And uh, really? yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm somewhat familiar with with Freakwater, just a little bit. Um, yeah, I heard them um, years ago on. Uh, I think it's Bloodshot Records put out a, a compilation of for a decade of sin. Mm-hmm. And they they had a song on there, something about being drunk. I don't remember exactly what it was. I got it My- for. Yeah, yeah, I got it because I'm a huge fan of uh, 16 horsepower. Uh, David, oh, Eugene, right. David Eugene Edwards, Woven Hand, and they did um, was it, was it a Gun Club cover or something like that? Uh, Be derailed, uh, derailed. I think they did. Uh, 16 horsepower did, and then um, so I listened to the whole thing, and I was picking out bands that I like, and Freakwater was one of them. So how did you get that worked out? Well. Yeah, yeah. So how did how did you get involved with Freakwater? Um, it's it's um. It's not too long of a story, but it's it's weird. Uh, I like those stories. <laughs> well, like uh, so, my I, I had a really good friend years ago, and um, we, we would trade like cassette mixtapes, you know. And one time, uh, she had one that someone had given her, uh, and it was completely unmarked. Oh boy! And one of the songs was a Freakwater song that we both loved, but we didn't have any idea who the band was oh, and you know google wasn't a thing and so it was like well just keep your eye out if you ever hear it and the song was my old drunk friend that they do um And and whenever we we'd always that was kind of like our our thing. It was like we have this song and it's a mystery, and their voices are really weird and the and the lyrics are are really thoughtful and smart. So it, it, it meant a lot to us to have this kind of mystery. And so 
years go years years go by and I'm 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 in Asheville and whenever I and I didn't really know anything about like Uncle Tupelo or alternative country or it or Americana or anything like that. That's not really what I was. I mean, I like country music and I like blues. Yeah. But I don't really care about like like someone's modern interpretation of of that. I appreciate it more now. But so whenever I would run into somebody who was roughly even remotely um uh knowledgeable of that world i would ask about them, this this band because it had kind yeah. of stuck then now it was bothering me <laughs> it was like, right. how like, now i still don't know it was <laughs> um and so i started um uh, a guy named david wayne gay moved to town who was a bass player an interesting guy and Asheville is a small town so a bass player moves to town you're like oh every <laughs> you know yeah so um and he was in, and he was in this band that people were just like, "Oh man, this this guy from Freequater moved to town." It, was, it didn't mean anything to me, of course. <laughs> but I was I was in a country country band, like a honky tonk thing called White Heat, that he was putting together with someone else, um, that, or he had put together. And one one day we're just sit, we're just sitting in the car we're about to play, I'm like, "Oh, you know, okay, I'll ask you. You're the next in line." Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard a band? It's Two, I think it's two women, and they have this song about like my drunk friend, and he just started. Like, he thought I was putting them on. It was like, oh. the, yeah, so it was like that's that's my band, and so it just I flipped <laughs> flipped out, and so so like skip ahead. He's the bass player on the album before this last one, um, and that I still play with to this day on a regular basis. Oh man. That's so then so then they they so we all got to be friends, and they're, they're super nice people, of course, and time comes for them to make this this album a couple like a year and a half ago and they just asked me to do it and i was floored i was, like, I was and i was texting my friend because we're still in contact i was like you will not yeah. believe what ain't <laughs> <I mean." laughs> it's our mystery band that's, it's, like, that's, it's really kind of mind-blowing you know really that's the one of the weirdest stories i've ever heard isn't it i mean like i've got goosebumps now just well, I had never really, I guess I've never really told that story from beginning to, to, yeah. to end. And it's like, you know, that's weird as shit. It really <laughs> is. What are the odds so, of that? I mean, the odds of that have to be astronomical. What are the fucking odds? You know, well, and, the, and they would even, like, the album I played on was the first one they'd done in 10, 12 years or something. So they weren't even a thing. And, and, and who knows? You know, who knew? So I was. I was way into doing that album, and it was a real kind of mindfuck the whole time. Like, <laughs> first time I played with him on stage, I had I had came this close to having the, a panic attack, which I've never had. Oh wow! Because I had well, I'd, I've probably gotten a little too baked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. And started thinking about it. I was like, oh, I was kind of having this existential, just like. What? How did I get here? Because then I started thinking about the odds. Yeah. <laughs> All from a little mixtape. From a mixtape, and 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 yeah. And now you're on yeah. stage. And now you know, and they're just just buddies. You know, just amazing. friends. You know, I I even kind of forget about that sometimes because because it's now today. We've now been friends for years, and I don't really think about that. That was that. That's a weird thing. It's like, oh yeah, they're just my they're just my friends. I, you know, we're gonna go swimming or something. <laughs> so you were you born in San Francisco? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't there for very long, okay. but I was born there. And and your family's from Alabama. For the most part, yeah. They're all they're all from uh, around the um, 
the Gulf Coast, um, and now they're all mostly around Mobile. Uh, we have relatives around Philadelphia, Mississippi, but everybody over the past few generations have all been in uh, around Mobile. Is it you know, a, between- were you guys a musical family? Yeah, that's that's kind of the the family business beyond um, something something to do with sailing. Uh, is the music is <laughs> everybody's played music for for generations. We have some like like every family. We have some some relatives who are into genealogy and oh yeah, uh, have gone back and found old receipts for just just way just hundreds of years where they they came into town and they got like a like a sack of flour and rice, a bottle of whiskey, and a single violin string. <laughs> Man, that sounds like a great shopping list. Doesn't it? It's, just, it's like, okay, we need that one violin string. Oh, some bourbon. <laughs> some bourbon, flour, and a violin string. We're going to have a party tonight, Ma. Right, exactly. You know, they probably, they probably did. They probably didn't. You know, they went a long way back then. But, yeah, it's my... Uh, my mom taught me how to play guitar, and she had really good taste in music, or I still think she does. Um, and, and she was a folk singer, and around New Orleans and Austin, Texas, when I was little. So those, those are my earliest memories. And my uh, grandfather, her father, was a Dixieland jazz player. He played wow. anything on his book, and he was he played up until his death just a few years ago. He was in a band. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so he and he's kind of a character and a, and a storyteller, um, and then his his parents were both musicians in the opera and the symphony, and then their parents. So it's in my in my family, it's always been a uh, it's an honorable profession as opposed to something you get out of your system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was never any kind of it was it was always something to aspire to as opposed to kind of keep behind closed doors yeah, that's the, the weird one in the family he's in a yeah. band yeah well you know and, and really the only the hardest challenge i've ever had there interpersonally has been uh just kind of breaking free of just what they all like and oh. what i'm and what and what they're all interested in because it's you know it's a basically what you would just call americana i guess but um jazz and big band and and um folk and country and that kind of thing. So like, um, it, it took me a while to, to kind of found, find my own voice. Um, just okay. because my family had such a strong musical tradition, it's hard not to just be a part of the, the band being your family. You know what I mean? Just like, well, I want to go solo. Yeah. <laughs> so is that where the more, uh, rock influence in your music comes from? Cause your, your, your music is, uh, it's a really Awesome mix of, of the like the southern country, but little little bit more of the hard rock, in, in, mm-hmm. like like a like an evolution of of outlaw country, maybe. Yeah, you know that I, I was just talking to a friend of mine who's uh, way more knowledgeable than than I am about uh, music appreciation. Basically, he, he's out here doing some carpentry over at the house. We're working together. Um, and he really loves the record, and he, and he um, uh, yeah, I, I gave him a copy for doing some work. Yeah. <laughs> so he's getting paid. <laughs> but, uh, uh, 
he really loves it. And he was just like, man, this would be like Joe Strummer or Warren Zevon's favorite record of their around. This would be their. Oh, and and we started talking. He's like, that's interesting. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like it. I'm always semi surprised when people like, like my music only because I'm, I'm only trying to humor myself. Yeah. basically. So when, <laughs> but that, I knew this was a strong bunch of songs. So I asked him, I was like, I, I was like, you like, you think people will like this because it's, I know, I know it's kind of, it's, catchy a lot of the songs are but it's also um it's to me it seems real familiar someone said it's just like uh it's like um they they immediately recognized what's on their plate as a burrito but they were completely surprised on the on pleasantly (laughs) when they've been into it it's like oh i've never had a burrito like this that you know (laughs) what that that kind of makes sense you know it's not it's not um John Cale or any or any um like like really um anything too challenging I don't think I mean maybe lyrically but it's it's recognizable as as rock and roll I'm not reinventing the wheel here Yeah exactly exactly uh, but the thing that I loved about everything that I heard was the humor in it hmm. your, your lyrics are hilarious and they 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 seem very they're understated but the the humor in it is undeniable and I'm like, really? uh, I, 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 yeah. um, I mean, you got uh, like, all right. So we'll, we'll go to the, a couple of the older songs, like uh, Mission, the Mission Field. That's a great track. All right, so that's that's you know an older one, but. That's the first time I've ever heard Slidell in, in, in a song. I don't know anybody who who does Slidell in a song. Um, <laughs> well, that's just that was just a true story. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. Like always sad. You know, you sleep mm-hmm. drunk every night. You reference Elmore James. I think that that's freaking oh, awesome. Oh yeah, um, that maybe the second person that's ever like. I've noticed that it hurts me too. Oh, really? <laughs> reference <laughs> more James. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I love it. and I, I love Elmore James. So. And then um, yeah, I mean, Four Leaf Clover, Bears Eating Mom and Dad. I mean, that's just that that cracked me up. That one, yeah, that was a funny one to write, just just because it was a lot of. Uh, I take a lot of notes throughout the day, you know, if something catches my ear, my eye, or, and so um, sometimes I'll just. That one was kind of scattershot, like um, who was it that would the the writer um, that would take like take snippets out of other books. And then throw them on the on the ground. I think it was uh, William. Um, oh, his name's for, I'm forgetting. I'm blanking out right now. And just kind of throw throw words and phrases around. And so I have a, a lot of words and phrases. And I had I had the chorus for this for a long time. And I wasn't really sure where it was going. And I, and I had a lot of extra lyrics sitting around. And so I kind of looked at them and see do do any of these kind of jump out as working with this song in any stretch and to me like like 
there is a cohesiveness there, but you have to look for it. Like it, <laughs> it tells the story. I'm not sure everyone would say it tells the same story, but yeah, and some of them are just, just you know, it's just fun. Oh, they're, they're now, and I, I went digging a little bit in your back catalog, and mm-hmm. speaking of senses of humor, and a couple of songs jumped out at me as far as making me laugh my ass off. Like, uh, it's Christmas time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that killed me. The little kid at the end. It's Christmas time and my sweet baby. Christmas time in my sweet babies. Oh, ho, ho, and around. Sing ho, 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 and around. Just, that's, that destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me too. And that was such a happy accident because, um, the, um, the, the label I was with, uh, Fluff and Gravy, that's one of their kids. And he loved that song. And we, they would like, they would like, recorded on their phone and, and send it around to each other and it's like oh my god so it's like man we gotta we gotta put him singing at the, the put that on the, the record i was actually, basically for i was actually at, at work listening to it and i started laughing out loud i had my headphones on and and i'm doing my job and that happened i just started laughing and everybody's looking at me like what the hell's wrong with you like, oh, I, yeah that's i'm listening to christmas music Right, and then uh, that's kind of funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I, I I ran across this amazing cover from the Unholy Trio, Public Enemies, <laughs> "Bring the Noise." Terminator X Turn it up. That Bring the is noise. amazing. How did you do that? <laughs> um, well, I mean, we were texting back and forth, but it, it initially was. I mean, I can. I mean, being it's funny being bored. I can remember being bored, kind of standing around in the heat on a football field in high school, and and we're just like waiting for whatever was going to happen. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you've ever gone through summer football camp, it, yeah. it, a lot of us is kind of boring. So I was just sitting there like making up dumb songs and just cracking up my teammates. <laughs> How long can you go, Death Row? What a brother know. Once again, back is the incredible. And so that kind of stuck with me for years. And then we, we had a, a couple of a couple of minutes left in the session. And I just started playing it with with these guys. It's funny. The bass player on the one you probably heard is the bass player from Freakwater. Oh, really? Yeah. And we were just fucking around. I mean, I never ever expected any. I just I was just like we should record that that version of Bring the Point. And, and so Bloodshot ends up hearing it somehow. I think because of Freakwater and put it on one of their compilations. And I was kind of mortified. Oh. I mean. I mean, of course they asked, and I'm not going to say no because, you know, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And so, so then, like, we went to South by Southwest that year off the, on the back of that song. And, <laughs> and like, a couple years later, I get, a, I get an email from Chuck D. <laughs> Whoa. Somebody's fucking with me, you know. So I, I had a buddy of mine help me do like IP lookup and everything on the email address because 
I didn't want to get my hopes up or just like, cause I was starting to freak out. I was like, is he mad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I didn't want the S one W's or S W ones coming to get me, you know, <laughs> but no, we looked it up and sure enough, it was for uh, a magazine that he published. And I was just like, I was just like, he wanted an MP3. I was like, of course, man. Yeah. I didn't want, I didn't want, I was so kind of starstruck. It was weird to be starstruck over email. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God. My, the first concert I ever saw was a public enemy show. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't oh, tell him. I just wanted – I just kind of wanted to wash my hands of the whole thing as fast <laughs> as I could before I threw up all over my keyboard. Like – I always wanted to talk to Jack D, yeah. but I'm not sure it's under these circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he he just it turns out he just wanted to get a copy of it because he thought it was funny as shit. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And then somebody else made a pretty interesting video of it. It was shot on like an unfinished work site with a, a woman and maybe some maybe, I don't know some questionable characters. Is that doing questions? Is that things. the one in in black and white? Is it? It's it looks like a handheld recorder. Yeah, it kind of looks like a home movie by John Wayne Gacy or something. Yeah, it's 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 disturbing. Yeah, I did see that one. <laughs> yeah, that one was. Guy, I think his name is Mark Mix out of Austin, Texas. Oh they they showed it at, at South by Southwest. Again, I'm just like you know you write all these sincere songs from your heart, and this is one. So. Be careful what you record, kids. No kidding. <laughs> See, humor always wins out. It worked out, you know. It would. I mean, it was as funny as. I got nothing to be ashamed of. I guess. No, man. <laughs> it, I think it's awesome. I, I loved it. And I'm glad you do. I'm always. I was like, <laughs> what is this? Okay. <laughs> Am I just an idiot in the world? <laughs> I've always wondered Maybe. about that too. Like, you know, people will record covers or play them live, and I just, I, I wonder if. You know, if you don't get permission, I mean, did you have to get permission for for the for the record company to put it out? Did, um, I don't you even know, know how that works. Bloodshot, Bloodshot might have because you know we we did sign a, a contract for them to to put it out. Okay, um, I remember uh, one the first time I ever heard the phrase uh, "in perpetuity." <laughs> 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 like, oh, I guess it's yours now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, if you don't if you don't want it, then they can gladly have it, right? Right. Well, I, exactly. It's like I wasn't going to do anything. It, it doesn't. I don't care. <laughs> like if, they, if they can, if Fletcher can make a couple bucks off of it, more power to them. Well, I saw another interesting video, and it's it's more. I don't even know how to really describe this. You posted a, a live version of "Hunt Me Down" on your YouTube page. And live at the Dune Annie Outsider Folk Art Festival. Yeah, that place and is fucking cool as shit. There is the skinniest old hippie out in front of the he's stage. He's the only one dancing, too. Yeah, he's, he's the only one there. And he's doing the weirdest shit I've ever seen. I'm, I'm, not entirely, I'm not entirely convinced it's not Chris Robinson from the Black Rose. Uh, maybe a time-traveling one. <laughs> but he's, he's like... Then it's yeah, a rail yeah. and just on another planet. Yeah, well, that was a fun festival. It's not going on anymore. I don't think this folk artist named Butch Anthony. From, it's in the middle of Alabama. Um, we played it a couple of years, and that was in the, the afternoon. And people were just kind of always playing and doing it. It was a really crazy, crazy, crazy deep south festival. 
that I I do well at places. Like that. <laughs> I, I think you wouldn't know it from that video, but we did pretty good. <laughs> it looked like a blast. I mean, that guy was having fun. And I'll tell you what, if honestly, I'm kind of an ass like this. If that was me on stage, I probably would have done like this super long, like Leonard Skinner style jam just to see how long that guy would stay upright. I would just keep right, going so- and going until he fell. <laughs> It started to be a battle at a certain point. Just like, all right, we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> well, he looked like he was going to fall down many times. He made he made me have. I, I think I ta- ended up talking to him after that, and he was a cool dude. The whole thing was there's a character everywhere you looked at this festival. It was, it was, oh, yeah. it was pretty pretty DIY. Lots of great art. Lots of good like busking type kind of stuff going on. Oh, cool. And then I rolled in. I, I do a lot of different versions of this this project and that one was it seemed right to do more of like a southern rock thing that day i and, yeah, and you know you you did another live uh God, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the song um some of your songs i've noticed sound different li- markedly different live than they do on the albums they sound a lot mm-hmm. harder and heavier on that um is that just because it's it's a live environment or are they just evolving or um uh it's a little of both. I mean, I like to take advantage of whatever chemistry I have going on, uh, depending on who I'm playing with at that point and what the venue's like. Um, because it's not often that I'm in a situation to where I can just rock out Molly Hatchet style, you know? <laughs> yeah. so this is what we're doing tonight. And to me, it's, it goes back to um, always being slightly surprised when people – I'm not just being humble when I say I'm surprised that people like it because I am really just – I'm just making the music I want to hear. Yeah. And that, yeah. that that goes from, from the records to me just here right now with my guitar to playing at this this folk art festival in the middle of Alabama. And, and, and who am I playing with? These two guys, they're good at doing kind of like a heavy kind of thing. Let's go for it. We're out, we're out in the, the red clay of Alabama in the middle of the day drinking uh, beer. Let's, let's raise hell. Very, you know, so it's, very I, I, with the red clay. I try not to get too artsy about the whole thing. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, what do we want to do? Let's have fun. It's 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 all rock and roll in the end. Well, it, it was also awesome. it's uh, ain't no grave was the one I was thinking of. Oh yeah, that's wearing the fringe jacket and the cowboy hat. Yeah. Was, yeah, that was cool as shit. Yeah, because I, I hear the studio version and it kind of sounds like it could be played at. <laughs> At revival or something, and then mm-hmm. you go into the the live version, and it's a lot more rocking. And uh, so that's just the guys I was playing with, and and the gal, um, the drummer was Sam Henry from this band called the Wipers. Um, oh, the Greg Sage and the Wipers. West. Wipers. Yeah, exactly. Them. He was he was drummer for them, and then the uh, incredible bass player Jay Johnson, and then that's my ex-wife on organ. Uh, Audra Fleming from East Tennessee. And so like that pretty much, you've got like Steppenwolf. (laughs) This is how this is going to play out Um, for, and and these are really random shows that are, that are on video. A lot of those things, when it, when it comes down to like album release shows, which I've got a string of going, um, I'm, I'm usually picking players to where it's like two to play the album and it doesn't stray too much more until maybe the last three or four songs to where it's like, okay, let's let loose and party and let's do something. We're doing a, a cool version of uh St. James infirmary right now. That's based off of uh, this guy, Billy Lee Riley, who did uh, I think UFOs of rock and roll. 
so it's a, it's a cool kind of like soul soul version of of that. So you know, I try not to get too heady about the stuff. That's I that because that's how I write the songs. It's it's real. It's 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 fairly cerebral. And so once I, once I'm done, I like just become a fan and just enjoy them. Oh, okay. And, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even if it's me solo. Uh, if you come to see a solo thing, it's um, there. It's going to sound a lot different because it's that's the chemistry. It's me and a big electric guitar alone on stage. They get moved around a little bit more, so it's it's all just a big sandbox, really. Oh, that's awesome! So, how did you get started with Drunken Prayer? I I heard a story that it involved Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah, you know that was kind of the genesis uh, of it. Um, with without. You know, you. I guess you, I'm not name dropping them. You just. <laughs> I, I, I name dropped them. That's what I do here. Right. Um, my dad. So I was born in in California. Uh, my dad's still in North California, and he happens to live roughly in the same town Tom Waits. Okay. And uh, I had left the East Coast. I was in Nashville for about a year. Um, I wanted to leave Western North Carolina and just get out and see the rest of the the country. And landed at my dad's farm in Northern California for worked at a bookstore. Um, and Tom Waits would just come in and he and I developed a, uh, like a little, we would just talk. I wouldn't really talk about music, mainly whatever book he was looking for. We'd, we'd talk about that. I remember I sold him a book on rats. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and rats. The rats of New York. And, and, Sure enough, on the, on the next album he put out, Real Gone, he uh, uh, there's a song about rats on there. I was like, yes! <laughs> I, I won't exactly take credit for that, but, but I did sell him the book. Exactly, yeah, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I ended up having a really long conversation with him in the fish market. <laughs> uh, I, I was buying wine, and he was buying fish, and we just started talking, and, and it finally did come around to music. And he uh, he talked about how he opened up for Charlie Rich in New York. Yeah, he's like, oh, the Silver Fox. <laughs> man. Well, and, and the, so the first time he's as an aside, you ha you haven't lived till you've heard your name come out of his mouth. Oh, it, it, it would almost make you throw up. He'd be like, hey, uh, Morgan. <laughs> oh, you said my name. That would be, that would be amazing because he sounds like he gargles gravel. Yeah, 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 and that's exactly that's that's exactly our talk. So we started talking, and we started getting into like how I was lessened, I was I was uh, feeling restricted by the idea of genres and playing either this or either that, and and and, and the 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 craft that it takes to just throw it all into the pot and have something come out that tastes good, that's cohesive. Um, um, and he turned me on at the same time to some really good gospel records. Um, and, and the, and, and it, it just was just, it was kind of basically saying it's okay not to choose, just do whatever you want, just do whatever you want to do and trust that because it's filtered through you, it'll be cohesive. Even though in my mind, a lot of it doesn't seem particularly cohesive at all. I'll talk to people who are like, oh, yeah, I totally see a common theme, even though like they don't all have to be the same meter or you don't you don't have to be, you know, like ministry or something where it's all basically just like, you know, what you, you, you know, yeah, um, or like Horton Heat or something like that, you know, to where it's, it's 
like ministries are good because they never don't really have a great genre to put them in, but that always sounds exactly like ministry to me. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I swear. Uh, where, I, whereas, I, I, whereas, whereas my stuff, it doesn't. It, like I feel like it's kind of like the the story of the group of blind men and the elephant, where depending on which part you you grab, you're gonna think it's a completely different animal. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I see. <laughs> See, I do. So I, I think it's a lot more kind of messed up than other people. Like, oh yeah, I, I see a thread there. So, oh man, I guess he's right. And so that, that kind of opened it up for me to kind of like, okay, it's fine. Let's. And through that, I um, that was my focus after that. And right after that, I moved to Portland. Started. Uh, I started playing. The only gigs I could get were on Sunday afternoons, and I know a shitload of gospel songs. And so we we're playing in. Like biker bars, but playing like just a closer walk with the and, and all these <laughs> and people loved it. They ate it up, you oh, know. Awesome. Some of it's because you know, I've got a southern accent and I'm from the south, and we're doing like these old Baptist hymn, hymns, but with a rock band basically, and and like drunken prayer just kind of evolved out of that playing gospel music in biker bars <laughs> around the northwest. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So when, pretty, when you're recording and you're touring, do you use the same? I know you, you said that you'll when you're doing a record release uh, show, it'll you'll do uh, stuff that's closer to the album. Are, are you touring with the same people that you record with? No, no, uh, uh-uh. I've I've got um, <clears throat> so I, I really like that chemistry of of having different people to play with, and I've kind of engineered this thing to where I've got a group of folks in Austin. Texas that I'll be playing with on this next tour. Okay. Um, okay. I've got a, uh, all the, and then they, they play with this guy, Will Courtney. So they're pretty straightforward Americana, all country. It's going to be an easy, an easy transition with them because right. they're, you know, it's going right. to be two guitars, drums, bass. Then in Albuquerque, I'm going to pick up. So the song Rubble and Dust, the third song on this new record. Ask yourself, would you do it again? Let's not, let's not say we did. Spare the ride and spoil the kids. Is um, two guys from Albuquerque I know, Alex McMahon and Greg Williams. Alex is the steel guitar player and just kind of Swiss army knife for uh, the handsome family. We, uh, we've done a lot of touring together and he and I grew to be really, really good friends. And so they're the, they're, that's, that's only, that song only has me and them on it. No bass. And so those two will play in the Southwest. And then when I go up to the Northwest, I'll, I've got any number of people I love to play with. Yeah. And so we'll, and that's when I'll get back to, we play to our strengths. You know what I mean? So, so if it, if, if it's sometimes it feels a little more, more kind of like literally rootsy blues in country. Sometimes it's a little more rock and roll. Other times it's a little more even kind of artsy. If you bring an accordion into it or, okay. you know, depending on who I've been lately, I've been playing with a, a bowed, a guy who plays with bowed bass and, uh, um, fiddle player and so then together almost puts this little string section by me while i play this this big like country gentleman oh <laughs> man know? that thing's gorgeous 
I love it. So that's a that right now is my new favorite kind of combination because it's because they have this like hillbilly string section going on behind me and it's really it's it's uh it's beautiful yeah. and, and 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 quiet you know and and so it's it, it goes back the, the the long answer to a short question is it, it's uh the group groups of people and I tour solo in between okay um which has other, you know, its, its own set of challenges. Oh yeah, I, I bet. Um, Getting a gig, being yeah. the main. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the new album, Cordelia Elsewhere. Uh, you used, you funded that through Kickstarter. For the most part, yeah. How was your experience with them? I know uh, some of these places are having a tough time. Like Pledge Music has really screwed over a lot of people. Oh man, it had screwed over a friend of mine. I saw it on Facebook. What? Yeah. yeah that- I- that was heartbreaking. It screwed over failure. I'm going to see failure in uh, two weeks. Uh, they're coming in DC, and uh, so I'm going to meet up with Kelly. And uh, he's just like this. Yeah, this really fucked us. He's like, this is this is terrible. Because that's now the the thing is, I got the digital copies of all the music, but I paid twenty bucks for an autographed CD, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Good news and bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Got your autograph. Yeah. Well, the, the cool thing is uh, Kelly's put me on the guest list. I'm going to go to the 930 Club in D.C., hopefully meet up with them, and uh, I'll just have them sign one of my old albums. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, that's, that's but, the thing. It, it's the, it seems like the only ethical level of the music industry are the people who get screwed the hardest. Yeah, no kidding. Those are the ones. It's like, of course, those guys are going to make it up to you. Um, you know what I mean? Like any situation I've ever had where it was something took too long or whatever, the artist always makes it right nine times out of ten and go and goes beyond what what they what they even need to do. Yeah. Where the higher up you go, it's like, well, just pre- be prepared to be screwed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it just falls on the shoulder. It sucks. Well, the my my. I had a lot of good mentors doing this. I had a friend who here in, uh, in Asheville that had just gone through it for a, uh, like a yoga studio or something. And then a fr- and then another friend of mine used to work for Kickstarter oh, really? and, and had, had done a couple of records on his own. And he was, he was a wealth of just real practical stuff. Just oh, like man. really aim low. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told him basically what I needed. I, I like, I'm not trying, I wasn't trying to get like 35 grand or something like that. You know, yeah. it was, it was, it was pretty humble. I figured out what I could beg, borrow and steal on my own. And then like, where was the shortcomings? Like, okay, this is what I need. And the hardest part was figuring out the rewards oh, because yeah. I didn't, I, because I wanted to make it worthwhile, but then I couldn't lose money on that because it defeats the purpose. Yeah, so it's exactly. like like how do people value for the money, and which was just a, a nice little crash course in uh, capitalism or or commerce in general, like how to give people value for their money and not lose your shirt in the meantime. So there's a lot of stuff that only I could provide, like signed stuff, and you know, and. Um, which reminds me, I forgot to sign a whole bunch of CDs. <laughs> anyway. Hey, it's a good thing you're doing the show. <laughs> yeah, really. I got some writing to do. See, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm actually considering putting this show uh, out on Patreon. And mm-hmm. it. I don't know if you're, if anybody's familiar with Patreon. It works the same as... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it works similar to Kickstarter for anything. And, you know, it. I've, I actually... Uh, I, I've got artwork for a logo that I had made. 
And but I'm trying to figure out, you know, what would somebody pay for a, a pod to listen to a podcast? What what am you know, I it comes out free, but so if I want yeah. people to pay, I've got a few bonus. I've got to give them like early access or notes, extra maybe. stuff. Yeah, or extra, yeah. you know, a bonus episode, you know, maybe outtakes from from each show, just pair it down the show a little bit, keep some stuff aside, maybe release that as bonus material. But I've also got. I think it works. Well, sometimes I don't know if you're like this. So it's hard to. Sometimes it'd be hard to ask for money for something it is. you'd be doing anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? I love they, doing this show. Then, then people don't value it as much. I was like, well, I don't want to just elevate prices because I want people to value it more. It's like I'm not a dick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I was thinking, I've got. I actually have a logo for the show that uh, I was really fortunate enough to get made. Uh, one of the first people I had on the show was a guy named Mark Dancy. Uh, he's an artist. He was in a band in the 90s called Big Chief. Mm-hmm. But he also, uh, from Detroit. Oh, Big Chief, yeah. Yeah, but he also did uh, the artwork for Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger album. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> Great I, album cover. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And But I'm all, I was also a huge Big <laughs> Chief fan all from the beginning. So I reached out to him because I knew he was an artist just to have him on the show and talk to him and just see about what he's doing and and, because I love his artwork and after the show I said hey what would you charge to do a logo for me so he gave me a price I'm like all right let's do it so so now my logo is made by the same guy who did Soundgarden's artwork for Bad Motor Finger so that's incredible yeah I love it 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 freaks me out that's my Chuck D story you just have to ask too yeah you know that that, uh, album before this one The Devil in the Blues um uh, John Lankford from the Mekons did that. Oh, um, cool. And I'm a huge fan of his art, and, and I like to have interesting artwork. And I had this idea for me fighting the devil, and then people in the crowd are worked on the record, so it's all the musicians and the engineers are, are in the crowd. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and and I was like, yeah, but who, who is going to pull this off? <laughs> and so I asked I, – I, I know John through – through Freakwater and just ask him. Just, I mean, he does this for a living. It's like, it's X amount. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it, it costs a thing. And then you give me that thing and I'll do it for you. He's like, Oh, well that was easy. I know. I was, I was, <laughs> same thing. I was blown away. Cause he gave me this price. And it was like three figures. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, you sure exactly. you're charging me the right price. It's so, like, yeah. So he did yeah. some sketches. He emailed them to me, and I I kept those. So I've got those. Oh, I've sure. got a couple of options of the, this thing because it's it's to me it's amazing because I I I listened to this guy's music. I would look. I watched his artwork. I, I his album covers are, are just amazing to me. And yeah. And he worked with Soundgarden. So I'm like, and now I've got something from him. So it's just the no brainer. Yeah, it's amazing. So so you with Kickstarter. I and did. then you value it because <laughs> you paid X amount and, yeah. and you love it. So it's just like we're we're all in the same kind of brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I got to tell you, I did see the uh, the your video for your Kickstarter campaign, and I I do love the uh, white snow boots that you had on. Oh, aren't those sweet? They are nice. <laughs> my my stepmother sent me those because she wore she she's a farmer and it was like those are just her shoes yeah. <laughs> but but she, but she's like I'm from Brazil 
stormtrooper in those things. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love it. They're nice. sitting right on the front porch now. I only, I just, I'm, every time it like it starts to rain, I'll put those things on and drive around. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun video to make. Last winter was brutal over here and cold, but we have a, it's kind of picturesque. We are true hillbillies <laughs> out here. We're in this part of part of Western North Carolina called Emma. We're basically Asheville. Okay. Um, but there's no. There's no flat surface anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. You have all these these kind of like creepy trees. I don't know if you had a chance to see the video for um, 50 Foot Locust that came out uh, last week. I think it was from the new album, and that was that was recorded in the front yard. And it's 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 all just like these kind of like like just just wicked looking trees and and stark stark. Escape. It's it's pretty photogenic out here, even when it's even when it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love. It. I was a I'm a photographer myself. I went to college for it and haven't done it. In, I did it professionally for like 12 years or so, and I'm I've had kids, and that kind of went out the window, and I had to get insurance and all. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I. That's one thing I always like is, is artwork. I'm always looking for, for good artwork. It draws me into an album. So yeah. But me too. That's why I like vinyl too, is because yeah. I, I see it bigger. Yeah. It's not that because on my stereo system, you're not going to hear the difference. Yeah. <laughs> in vinyl. Same but here. I, but, but I can hold the vinyl. It makes all the difference in the world. So I'll, nine times out of ten, I'll listen to the downloads and, and go through the, or just and hold the record while I listen to it, even if it doesn't have a lot of information. Yeah. I'll find myself like with Beggar's Banquet or something by the Stones. There's nothing there, not not yeah. for the not for the the version that that finally made it out. Um, but I'll sit there and just hold it and look at look at the names of the songs while well, it's playing. That's how I found half of the bands that I love is going through the liner notes on on records and CDs, just reading them as the album's playing. Well, and then so like for me, I I've got a new website that's rolling out any day. It's pretty much finished. And I, um, for this one, shelled out a, instead of just doing it by myself, uh, which, you know, it only goes so far. Yeah. Had a, had, um, all the lyrics are there with each album so that you can go by. So I extended the kind of liner notes idea to the, to the website to where if you were listening to music, I don't do any pop-ups for music. I figure you can, you can put that on somewhere else on yeah. Spotify or something. Um, or listen to the record, but you can go to the website and read the lyrics as they're going by in, in order. That's awesome. That's a great so idea. If people bother to, I, well, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't my, it was, it was, for, it was Bob Dylan's idea. <laughs> Cause I was, whenever I would need, want to find some Dylan lyrics, I would go to his website because ah. it's easy to navigate. I'm, I'm there. I had a bookmark. Cause oh my I, okay. playing his song. So, that the the idea of liner notes, I think, it's when when people talk about digital versus analog and how we're, we're everything's just ones and zeros and downloads. It's like yeah, but you know if change your perspective a little bit and maybe you don't have liner notes on an album, but chances are if you if you can go to their website and look at their lyrics, we're all good. Like that's all you wanted, right? You yeah. wanted to re read the lyrics and have the music. That's so, I'm trying to do that with, with my website to where it's an extension of an album, you know, basically. That, that just gave me an idea. You were talking about how or earlier you, you didn't like being stuck in one genre and you weren't sure 
how to do some of the songs without feeling like you were stuck in one genre. Has anybody done country-ish Americana music about IT? Like, instead of songs about your, you know, your mom dying, your, your wife and your dog run off, it's more like you're trying to slide into somebody's DMs, but your Wi-Fi's down. Yeah, Alan Jackson, WW <laughs> Misery. <laughs> I think it's, it's WW Misery. <laughs> so yeah, they they're absolutely. You know, I'm gonna have to what, check that out because I think that would be amazing. Doing like an entire concept album, but make it like country and it, it about poor IT connections or something. Yeah, well, you could easily well and misconnections. I mean, it 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 it, it can get it can get deep too. You know, <laughs> you could. It's kind of like I always cynically thought, you know, that episode of South Park where Cartman starts playing Christian music. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All he did was change, like, oh girl, it's oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and that would be cynically be so easy to do. If 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 I was unethical, it was like it wouldn't be hard because I've man I've had people come up to me and um, I'm not particularly religious, but I was raised up Irish Catholic and went to a Presbyterian school and and I I live I live in the Bible Belt, so I've got a lot of respect for 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 people's beliefs and their religions. Yeah, and like yeah. there's nothing really joke about and so and um i've had a I, man, I was playing this show in santa barbara where there was a whole prayer group was there they wanted to just come get some beers after whatever they were doing and, and um i happened to be playing there and they were so moved that we did like a prayer circle like in the in a dark and like in the back of the bar it was just like i know this is weird but do you mind we were so moved but there was like that song pearls and swine and like a lot of them have some kind of like religious overtones to them right. the mission field they were just like, you know what you're singing, right? And I was like, yeah, I know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I'm, like, it's not lost on me that a lot of these are kind of, um, um, I don't think they're overtly Christian, but they do have some kind of religious overtones to them. They're, a lot of them are, are bigger bigger subjects. They're, they're, they can be kind of existential. And like, what does it mean to be here? What does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be bad? Is there a good? Is there a bad? That kind of like big philosophical stuff. And that happens more often than I would have, than I, than I would have expected. Wow. And, uh, and, and it's really touching when that kind of thing happens. There's a, a guy in England that came and we got a nice long kind of theological talk about that, about the really? song. Did I mean to do this? Was is usually the first thing that comes up. It's like, did you mean to do this, or is this an accident? I was like, well, a little of both. Yeah. <laughs> is it everything, you know, yeah. it's an accident that you heard it and like it. It's not an accident that I wrote the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been, I've really been enjoying uh, the new album Cordelia Elsewhere, and mm-hmm. it's like we mentioned before. You know, it's you're not trying to reinvent the wheel with it. It's a, the sounds are really familiar. Do you use any? Uh, I know you show me your nice new guitar. Do you use any vintage instruments to get the sounds that you want? The sounds that are kind of familiar to people. Um, not on, not specifically. I mean, the the amp I use isn't that old, and it's made in North Carolina, but it's kind of boutiquey. It's a nice one. It's built like they, like they, like they were building them forty years ago. So okay. it's 
is using that kind of same technology. The guitars are just the guitars are particularly vintage. Nothing nothing on this was this time. It only it wouldn't it would never be on purpose to use vintage stuff. It's just that a lot of that stuff just sounds more interesting to my ears. Like I've got an old early sixties silvertone amp, tiny little thing that doesn't work well live. <laughs> is small but in a recording studio it sounds massive you know but it's about this big you know but you just crank up and you can't tell it's like when you're listening to the headphones i I remember that was a revelation when uh you know the band urge overkill oh yeah i I, I love that band um and it was a revelation that how they got some of those giant guitar sounds on saturation was using tiny little amps Uh like oh of course because it doesn't matter they don't have to be big in the studio yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, why did I? <laughs> and, then, and, and then, sure enough, it's like they weren't, of course, the first to think about that. Jimmy Page was using tiny little amps. They've they've always been using tiny little amps. Yeah. What you it's like, Studio like I said, magic. I'm not an, I'm not an engineer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you got any weird stories? Anything odd happened uh, while recording? Any of the music? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you an example. I've used this example a lot on this show, but. One of my favorite bands is Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. And mm-hmm. I was I'm lucky enough to have uh, Leah and Peter on a few months oh, ago. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's an amazing Damn. story. Uh, she, uh, Leah's story about uh, having to have brain surgery is amazing. She talks, she talks about know. it. A little, oh, yeah. She, she was out for about a year uh, recovering. It was, it, she talks about it all on the show. So you should go and listen. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Peter was telling some of the, you know, they, they like to get a lot of weird sounds. And he was telling me about um, on the new album that they just came out with a few months ago, Wrong Creatures. On one song, he wanted to get a, a, the reverb to sound on his voice. Uh, he had wanted a particular way. So what he did was he stuck his head in a piano and started singing <laughs> with his head in the piano. And mm-hmm. he got the reverb sound he wanted. And then later. Good idea. Well, that later he he's really disappointed because later the engineers just told him, "Well, yeah, we got a setting for that. We could have just dialed you in. You didn't have to stick your head in in, in a piano and sing the entire song that way." But so, you know, there's a lot to be said for for doing that just to kind of, I don't know, you 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 start getting pretty close to religion at that point when you when you when it's there's there's a lot to be said for the process and and how are you wanting how how do you want this story to read? Mm-hmm. You want it to read, you stuck your head in the piano to got this, or you want it to read that there's a plug in that did the same thing. That's you true. You know what I mean? So it's like, if it's, if it's, if it's, I mean, usually it's a matter of necessity, but it's like, I could see doing it's like, yeah, I'm still going to stick my head in the piano. Yeah. <laughs> better story. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just a better, it's just a better story. Have you gone down any rabbit holes like that trying to get a particular sound or anything? In in general, I, I have on 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 this one. The weirdest thing about this one is is how easy it was to make. Oh really? Uh, on yeah, on other records, it seems like it's nothing but rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> this one was so straightforward that um, I didn't I didn't really feel the need to really do much more than just what the the song kind of asked asked to do um the hardest one being cordelia because uh 
I just really liked the song and thought it sounded just fine on, on, on acoustic guitar or it sounds really good as a piano song. And then um, a friend of mine was just like, fuck it, that song's a diva. You know, you just throw everything <laughs> at it. Like, You're right. You know, so, so it's uh, <laughs> so got piano and organ, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and, and these big breaks. Like, I you're love right. It. I it love that song because because I I tend to I I, I tend to undersell stuff or, or want to, <laughs> but, but then I'll go into these rabbit holes. That I, I've got a few songs like on the mission field, uh, never tends to forget. That could be three songs, as far you know it. it yeah. But I mean, uh, I can't imagine it any other way now that it's like I've done it a million times. But I really could. I could have taken taken that apart and made two or three songs out of that. So for this, unfortunately, there's no really good stories about going in and down. The whole thing has been a roll of the dice for one Kickstarter asking other people to um, give. Um, yeah. you, uh, hiring Mitch Easter, who worked with REM and, Let's, and was in Let's Active to do that was a roll of the dice in that I was like, well, fuck, I can mix a record (laughs) free, you know, but I I don't have his ears. I don't have his studio. I don't have his experience. And that was the roll of the dice. And the whole thing was just, it's, it's to me, I hope I'm not being, uh, unhumble, but it's it's a strong group of songs and I wanted them to, I wanted them to be, put in in as favorable light as, as possible so I'm like okay i i hope these are as good as i think they are <laughs> you know i and, love cordelia it all works out you know so well cordelia like you just mentioned it, it's it's one of my favorites on the album i mean your song writing the, the lyrics are about as straightforward as the music i mean the the line i hate what they did to my town so i moved to another town that's so. That's so simple, but it's, it's, it's more fundamental than that. Exactly, and I know everybody that I know of has done that. You know, yeah, I was, yeah, you know, or tried to. You yeah. know, my my only qualms with that, and and you know, let's hang out a little bit, and you'll know I'm a brooder about things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, not everybody can afford to move. You know, it, it's yeah. that's like that was written from a point of semi privilege. I mean, I don't have a lot of money. But I could move yeah. if I really needed to and, and do all the, the fucking time. You yeah. know? So, so there's there's that kind of just like questioning. It's just like, do I put this out? And that's just me taking shit too seriously, really. Well, I, I like the vocals. I mean, this may, this may sound weird, but vocally, I, when I'm listening to it, I kind of hear kind of like a, a cross between like a Stevie Ray Vaughan and Randy Newman in your voice. And, huh. and Interesting, yeah. And I like I like the the song writing is 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 as simple as some of the best Randy Newman songs. So I, huh. it's really fantastic to me to because the everything's straight and to the point, especially on the new album. Uh huh. That's that. I wonder if that that's interesting. I wonder if that goes in with how the weird thing is that nothing weird about this has happened. Like I, I, I've said this before, I'm still waiting and I hope I'm not drink, jinxing myself. I'm waiting for the other boot to drop because everything has been so kind of smooth and worked so easily, even, which is funny because it, it was not an easy birth. These yeah. songs, they were no, they were, um, I had a lot of the music kind of kicking around as I do now. I've got, I've got songs that won't come out for years yeah. just cause yeah. oh, wow. let, let them, you know, let them, 
simmer. Yeah. But this one had a lot uh, had a lot of music, but not a lot of focus, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in our current social climate in the United States, um, kind of kind of just it make it makes me nervous. It makes me it, you know I feel like the ground has fundamentally shaken. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or leftward leaning or rightward leaning, there's no denying that the earth has moved a little yeah. bit. So and so, I don't like I don't like getting into um, a lot of topical stuff or, or overtly political um, details, mainly because I don't feel like it ages well. As yeah, a, as, exactly. You know, it has nothing to do with really politics or trying to get somebody. To, it's just. For me, I'm a, I'm always a, a fan first, and so I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to sit well in five years. If are you going to want to keep listening to it, unless yeah. I'm in, in, unless I'm in a position to actively change something through music, it's just like, oh, if I would write this song, things would change over here. It's just like they're going to listen to me, right? I think they are, you know, like I, that's not that's not my job. That's not what I what I signed up for. I signed up. You know, it's more of a visceral thing, um, but it doesn't mean I don't have opinions and then things don't um, influence me and shake me. I write about the things that, that I that are profound to me. And then um, since I'm not a particularly good storyteller, I think it's vague enough to where most people can identify with it. You know, I, I never I, I rarely name names if I which is funny because this is called Cordelia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's literally a person I know. <laughs> so forget everything I just said. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, you know, you can probably just leave and go have dinner, and I can finish this conversation. <laughs> Let me clarify. And the funny thing is, Mary Jane from the Mission Field album is her best friend. <laughs> oh man, I just that. like I just like their names, yeah. you know. Cordelia, her name is Cordelia Elsewhere, and I, like that's one. I've always wanted to use her name in a song. That's a very southern uh, name. It is. She's from the Northwest. She's oh my a, god! Yeah, I'm so wrong all night tonight. Funny? But it is. That's probably why I'm joining. I was just like, oh, Cordelia Elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cordy, please. How's your oh, mom her name? Cordelia, shit. <laughs> Cordelia, so, how's your mom or nan? How's your mom or nan? Yeah, up to no good. Me and, yeah, me and Mary Jane are going up to the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I haven't been to a Piggly Wiggly since I left Alabama. Jeez. I, I, yeah, it has not been that long ago for me. I was just in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah I was way Louisiana. deep south. I was way deep south Alabama. Uh, my wife... Born and raised in uh, New Brockton, which is little off Fort Rucker, the gate. From, oh, okay. One of the western gates of Fort Rucker, and my kids are all born and raised. Well, not raised, but born in Dothan. Yeah, so, I know where Dothan is. Yeah, I, I lived. I lived uh, west. I lived literally six miles off the gates of Fort Rucker, right off. Wow. Right out of Daleville. So. How was that? Poor. Yeah. Poor, no uh-huh. work. That's that's why we ended up leaving and coming up uh, to the D.C. area because it's just mm-hmm. I had to. De- you know, I had a college degree and I couldn't get a job doing anything but selling insurance. So, yeah, I mean, it's it sucks, but it's a no brainer. It's just yeah. like, if what are you gonna? If, why why would you stay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I moved down. My dad 
my, my parents had gotten divorced and my dad like, see, I'm, I'm leaving. And he always wanted to move down South. We lived in Virginia for years and years. And, and then, uh, he was like, I'm, we're, he's divorced. He's, uh, he's getting the hell out of New Jersey. Cause we lived in New Jersey at the time. And he's like, fuck this place. Mm-hmm. Took off. And, and, uh, a year later I moved down and like six months after that, my brother attended Alabama, University of Alabama. And I was Roll there. Tide. For, <laughs> Roll Tide. And I was there for, uh, eight, eight years, eight, nine years, something like that. And, uh, Got met my wife. Yeah, met my wife, uh, got married, had three kids, then skipped town, mm-hmm. and we all came up to Virginia. There you go. It's beautiful up there, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. We're in Winchester, so we got the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we're far enough out of D.C. where it doesn't affect us too much, but we can still get there fairly easily. So I love it up there. I'm, I'm going to be playing in Baltimore on May 17th. Oh, man. If you... I, I'm diving called mums may 17th all right I'll, I'll be there i'll we can talk later about that yeah. <laughs> if you man, if you seriously if you get the chance you should you should go through winchester to get to baltimore it's a little little bit of a swing but winchester i've been through winchester my stepdad's from orange virginia okay uh, and i used to um one of my best friends in college lived in is it bluemont bluemont oh, yeah. yeah yeah but we would take the train and and go and uh, we'll take the train into DC. We drive up there on, on weekends and hang out. Blue Mont is like 15 minutes east of, of Winchester. Okay. Yeah. It's beautiful out there. Weird. Yeah. Well, that, all the weird shit that goes on up there. Well, yeah. Yeah. Blue Mont's where Mount oh, Weather oh. is. That's where they do all like. Some, yeah, exactly. Mount Weather. That's where they do all the weird government stuff there. Yeah. There was some guy when we were going up there, there was some guy that would put on an ape suit and run across <laughs> the interstate. But he'd only do it like, like twice a year. <laughs> I have <laughs> not heard of this. Just enough to where everybody was always kind of on the lookout for it, but you never just enough to be like a myth. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? That is awesome. Um, oh, like man. Oliver was around there and stuff. So, oh, wow. okay. incredible! I, I I've kept you for. Whole hell of a lot of time. Thank you so much for coming on. My my wife is talking to my little son Leon right now. There. Oh man, there. she just brought me a glass of champagne. Oh. So. <laughs> you know, so, oh, here we go. So I'll usually have a drink during the show, a beer, or a scotch, or, or, or but we we're running late, so uh, I Big got golf. I got bull jangles. It's bow time. <laughs> it's bow time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got yeah, it's a tea. I got uh, I got some chicken down at my feet here that I haven't even touched yet because I don't know. I tried eating. It's it's a it's a bowl of chicken and rice, and it's just it, it dude. It weighs like eight pounds. It's, it's I don't know what the hell's going on with it. It's ridiculous. I don't know if I can eat it. Like one of those KFC things. Oh yeah, it, it's. I brought the guy who uh, is behind the Deer Lodge Records in Portland, and he's a really good friend of mine. I'd, he uh, he put out um, this vinyl single I did, and I didn't, I didn't really pay for any of it to happen. So, yeah, <laughs> nice. I have a plane ticket to Western North Carolina, and he's this is like we saw a lot of things, but basically it's bow time yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's sent him like a, sent him like a, a Bojangles hat, and like a racing team shirt. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's all about the Bojangles now. It's like man. Got Popeyes across the street. Yeah. Why are you Bojangles? He's like, man, it's pro time. 
<laughs> it's, Fair enough. It's great because you go through the drive-thru and they, they don't say, you know, can I take your order? It, it, it's bow time. It's bow time. Okay. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, shit it's belt. on. <laughs> yeah. Buckle your seatbelts and unbuckle your own belt. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get like three meals out of this rice bowl because it's just. I mean, I could lift weights with it. It's all right, so. This is this is this is the size of it, but it weighs like eight pounds. Holy shit! Like one of those KFC. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave me this little like half weird spork. I can't get anything out of this. I can't hit. Everything falls out of it, and like it. it does, you'll probably, you'll probably br- break it off at the end trying to oh, eat yeah. it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, so where can people find you on social media? How can they order the album? Um, you can find Drunken Prayer in, in all the normal places. I guess I guess the preferred would be uh, iTunes, and um, you can go to the website and order this. I'm doing this record totally DIY. Um, so go into my website, you order a record, it will come from me. Nice. Um, nice. Um, then iTunes, Spotify, uh, Instagram is just drunken, drunken underscore prayer and Twitter. You know the normal things. It's not not hard to find. For buying a for buying a vinyl record, you would have to go through the website right now. And for now, we still have orange vinyl, which is pretty sharp. Oh, nice. We also have the uh, classic black too. <laughs> <laughs> And now in round, <laughs> but then there's, there's also a band camp set up and it, I, I pretty, make it pretty easy for people to to listen and, and buy stuff, especially since I'm doing it all myself. There's not one really preferred way and, you know, to buy stuff. My website's as good as any. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so mm-hmm. every, please check the, the album out. It's fantastic. I love it. I've been listening to it for days now and, uh, it's, I, I love it. The, the first, couple of tracks just really hooked me and I, I literally and I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass I have literally been humming the opening tune the opening uh, words to Cordelia for, for three days now wow it's seriously they, it's amazing I hate what they did to my town so I moved to another town I've just been that's been going through my head literally for days so I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked yeah, I'm, I know I'm hey, if I'm you want to if, if you want to read the lyrics, they're they're on the web. <laughs> definitely page. will. That, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you spending so much time with me tonight. I've had a blast. I've some fantastic stories. It's been a pleasure. I hope we get to uh, like share a beer or something face-to-face sometime soon. Uh, we'll definitely make it happen. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. I hate what they do to my town, so I move to another town. I hate what they did to my town, so I moved to another town. I thought the change would do me good, Cordelia understood. The ghosts were creeping in on me and all my friends. And the house we grew up is not our home. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 